0: What's up, guys? This is Miles Markowitz and this is Brad Thomas here to give you the best sports insights to beat your book. Perf- you only need to ask one question What's the spread? All right, welcome in for another edition of What's the spread? It is Miles on Sports here with Mr. Brad Thomas, and we are back to give you our best college football bets and NFL bets of the week. If you listened last week, you definitely came out on top. Uh, Brad? I, you know, we <laughs> a little bit in college football last weekend, which was really good to see after a upset-ridden uh, weekend before. Uh, but, man, the season is really starting to take shape.
1: I would say, man, week one, I was probably, like, really upset. I was, like, on the verge of te- of crying. Not really, but I felt like it. I was like, man, I suck at betting college football. And then week two came, and I was like, Oh, man, I still suck. And then week three happened. I was like, cha-ching, 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 cha-ching. It's so funny how, you know, the variance in college football, especially early in the season, like if I think about it now, looking overall, I'm still up for college football this season, even though I had a tough two-week stretch, and it was mainly because of last week. This week, we're going to start to really get into some good games, some games that I'm excited about, and I'm taking some shots. I'm going to try to call my shot and see, you know, how my research paid off.
0: I like it. College football always comes back around. If you stick with it, stick to your principles, and keep listening to the podcast, then you're going to win some bets. Let's go ahead. We're doing something a little bit different this week, Brad. We are starting with Duke and Kansas, where college game day should be for this game. Kansas Twitter announcing that they have a home crowd sellout for their noon Eastern or noon yeah noon Eastern time kickoff, which I think is 11 a.m. their time. So good for these guys now we do have game day in Florida Tennessee we will get to that game but we got three and no do three and Kansas two basketball schools that are putting together I mean oh, there are a lot of basketball schools putting together some good seasons Kansas is seven point favorites in this one. I'll go ahead and start and Brad I didn't have a pick when I sent this one over to you I just wanted to talk about it and dive yeah. into it you know dive into it a little bit but with Kansas minus seven that's where I'm going. I'm jumping on the Kansas minus seven the the Kansas bandwagon. Not to mention that Duke is one and eight against the spread in their last nine games on the road. They are two and one against the spread this year. Have been playing pretty well overall, but this Kansas offense cannot be stopped right now. No, These boys they cannot. Are averaging seven yards per carry. No sacks allowed on Jalen Daniels, who is an absolute machine. Passed for one fifty-eight. Ran for another one twenty-three against Houston last week. And what this Kansas team is doing is, you—if you saw them last week—they did the same thing at West Virginia. It doesn't matter how many points you score. They're going to outscore you. Forty-eight to thirty against Houston is what I would have thought Houston would have beat them by. But but, but we're we're talking about Kansas putting up fifty points a game here. So I'm I'm riding the Jayhawks for a double uh, double score victory or a two score victory here.
1: Did you ever think that you would be betting on Kansas as a seven point favorite last week? I uh, in my NBC Sports article, I picked Kansas plus seven. And I mean, plus nine and a half, and then I rebet bet him at plus eight, and I told everyone they're a live dog. The one thing that people are going to, you know, kind of forget about with this Kansas team or not really pay attention to, and I think it's going to be their keys to victory even in this game, is how good that defense is at turning the other team over. Even against Houston, they had a interception. They had a fumble recovery. So you pair that with – with a team who scores a ton of points, it makes the other team a little anxious. It feels like they're going to have to compete. Coach Leopold is a great coach and probably won't be at Kansas for long. And you said it, Jalen Daniels has the legs, has the wheels. I mean, when you have a – okay, so I was looking at their PFF grades last week, right? And I wanted to see if they changed at all. So when you have a quarterback who's mobile, who can hurt you with his arms, and he stays upright – it becomes very very scary. So looking at their PFF grades, right? You want to see how how is their pass protection? Pass protection 88%. Pass blocking 87%. This team is I think it's because Leopold does such a good job of building this offense around the tool that he has. I think they win this game by double digits and it's not even not even a question.
0: I'm with you there. I think I think they win by 10 to 14. Uh, Kansas 3-0 against the spread. We are banking. They go 4-0 against the spread. Let's go to the next one. This is where game day actually is. We got number 20, Florida, (laughs) in Knoxville, uh, at number 11, Tennessee. A little bit to get into in this game. Tennessee 10-point favors. The line open with Tennessee minus 7.5. How are you feeling for this one?
1: Man, so whenever I start my handicap process, I always look at lines, and I, I think, what would I make that line? Is that a true line? Is that something that I would make it? And I thought I had this line closer to about nine. Um, so then I my next step in my handicap is, is that one point enough for me to take the Florida Gators? And the answer was no. And why is that? Can we really rely on Anthony Richardson in his first true road game to be the quarterback to compete in a shootout against Tennessee it's not like tech. Uh, excuse me. It's not like Florida has this elite offense, elite elite defense that's going to stop this train and hinder hook, Hinden Hooker. It's not going to happen. And for me, if you have a quarterback coming in passing for fifty three percent, that is not going to get the job done. And my last take on this: Florida's pass defense has been awful. They are allowing slot receivers, which is. The weakness, I mean, the target and the focal point of this Tennessee offense, they're like slot receivers to eat them alive. I really wanted to, to come out here and say, man, Florida's going to get the cover and they're a live dog, but I think Tennessee makes light work of them. Plus, it's really hard for me to take double digit dogs on the road in ranked matches because I think the books are a little smart. Yeah, this one was never a doubt
0: for me, no matter where the line went. Tennessee all the way. Florida is just not a good bet right now. This this Florida program has covered one spread in their last 10 games overall. looked looked terrible against USF last week. And I think a lot of this too, Brad, is why it's even 10 and not more is because of the history in this match. Yes. T- Tennessee has only beat Florida one time in the last 17 years. And recently, Florida has blown them out. Yeah. But I think this is two programs going in very different directions right now. I don't know why Anthony Richardson is still the starting quarterback. I can't imagine that they have a worst option at backup because this kid is not what we saw in week one. Uh, he, he's, complete, he's just not <laughs> running the offense. No. He, he, he can't complete the past five yards down the field. His legs aren't even uh, doing him justice anymore. And Tennessee, I, I don't care who they play. They've looked <laughs> great. You know, it's kind of like the Michigan debate, but it's a little bit different because Michigan literally hasn't played anybody. But they're still covering spreads and winning by 50 a game. Tennessee had a great win on the road against Pittsburgh and completely obliterated Ball State and Akron, as they should have. Yes. Henning Hooker is the best quarterback that we've seen in Tennessee in a long, long time. And a lot of that is because of what Josh Heupel is doing with this offense. I think this one is going to be a
1: blowout. I think it's going to be a blowout, too. And listen – Everyone talks about the grass is not always greener. Careful what you wish for. Anthony Richardson is not that guy yet. I'm not saying he he, might not be. Josh Heupel didn't get enough respect at UCF, and I was probably one of the naysayers because I know a lot of times I wanted him to unleash the beast in Dylan Gabriel. But I also think that Heupel knew the limitations that Gabriel has, and that's what separates a good coach and a good offensive mind from a bad offensive mind. Neyland's going to be absolutely rocking, Miles. You know how how bad Tennessee fans have wanted this? I go on social media. Tennessee's game's not even over last week, and they're talking about we want Florida. They're talking about Florida hate week. This is all they are thinking about, and I don't think the moment's going to be too big for them.
0: That's the thing is that there's there's no looking ahead in this one just because they're no. big favorites and Florida's not playing well. I'm living in Tennessee now, Brad. The first thing I'll tell you <laughs> about these fans is that they know, uh, well, we go through this every year, right? It's always yeah. our year, every year. But, Brad, back me up. I said this preseason. I was on, I said hammer Tennessee over seven half points. That was my favorite over-under win total. I saw this from this team. I saw what Hypo was doing, you know, coming from last year. Now, he it did. has been a different story for them in conference play. That's why this game is so big for them because that's where they've struggled to take the next step. But I think these these teams and these programs right now, is, for this season, two completely different directions. And, yeah, and, and yeah, I think I Florida agree. is completely outmatched in this game.
1: I agree. I'm glad we're on the same side because whenever I set a line that is lower than what the books have, I always get a little nervous. But in, in no good consciousness can I take Florida this week.
0: All right, let's go on to uh, my low key favorite game of the weekend. And I did, you know, I do follow my man Brad over here on Twitter. So I think we're going to be on opposite sides for this one. Let's get into it. We got number five Clemson going on the road as seven point favorites at number 21 Wake Forest. This is uh, another noon Eastern time kickoff. Go ahead and start it off, Brad.
1: I'm going to be on Arkansas plus the points. I think I was at two and a half on Twitter. Um, I'm okay with playing two. Listen. For Arkansas, I hold on. Always, let's,
0: com- let's do Clemson-Wake Forest first. Oh,
1: sorry, sorry, my bad, my bad, my bad. I got I, a little. I ahead think of your
0: myself. brain was just already going
1: there. I it, I'm literally looking at the notes. Well, you said on Twitter, and I was like instantly was like, okay, we're talking about Arkansas. All right, Clemson-Wake Forest, the game that I'm gonna actually be at, I'm gonna be on the sidelines. I'm gonna be on Wake Forest. I got that plus seven and a half, plus seven is totally cool. Listen, Clemson, the last two times they played Wake Forest, they won by twenty-one and twenty-four points. You know, And then everyone wants to talk about Wake Forest and playing Liberty, how they only beat them by one point. Sam Hartman wasn't all that impressive. But Wake Forest's team forced four turnovers in that game, which was really important, really impressive. But why Clemson? Why can they beat Clemson? We know everything we need to know about Clemson. Clemson's going to have a good D-line. Clemson's going to have a good pass rush. One thing that we don't know or we're not paying enough attention to It's Clemson's defensive efficiency and pass coverage is 86th in the nation. If you look at the teams they're playing, and so for those who don't know, defensive efficiency doesn't just measure you versus the the next guy. It measures you versus the level of competition and quality passes or turnover-worthy passes versus that level of competition. 86th in the nation. But what Clemson's defense has done really well this season is they've played really good in the red zone. They have made sure their opponents don't convert, don't score when they get in plus territory. Now we have a Wake Forest team who's playing at home who's going to score. Can DJU be the quarterback to keep pace with Wake Forest? And I'm not not that impressed with him. I think it would have to be a defensive masterclass from Clemson. But even in the games that we've seen so far, Clemson's defense did take a step back. Wake Forest is a live dog for me. I think they can win this one outright.
0: First of all, I love that you're going to this game. I I hope the Demon Deacon faithful shows out for you because uh, when they do, it's a great atmosphere. I'm going with the favorites here, Clemson minus seven. Every time I start to doubt Clemson in one of these games, they, they seem to figure it out, including this game last year, which Clemson did have at home. They end up winning that game 48 to 27. Wake Forest just didn't have the fight. But that was last year. Looking at this year, I'm with you. I'm not uh, paying attention to the Wake Forest Liberty close loss. It it doesn't represent what this Wake Forest team uh, is. But something to look at is the ground game. Wake Forest averaged less than one yard per carry against Liberty. Now, it's it's not their game to run the ball. Sam Harbin is their guy. We know that. And he can sling it through the air. And he's going to do that on Saturday. But Clemson knows that. But what Wake Forest is not going to do is they're not going to uh, move the ball at all on the ground. Louisiana Tech last week against Clemson only ran for 20 total yards. In this game last year against Clemson, Wake Forest only had 36 rushing yards in the entire game. Clemson ran for 333 in that game. And Will Shipley is back. And he's the one that's really keeping this offense moving. Ran for 139 last week. I think he'll he'll match those numbers this week. So it, seven is a little high for me. And I really want to take Wake Forest here. But with, with the result that we got last year in this <laughs> game, I'm going to go with Clemson, especially because I want to believe that Clemson is as good as as, as I think they are, yeah. at least up front on the defensive line.
1: Yeah, it's going to be an it's interesting be game. Man, i just just catching seven points at home in a game which should be absolutely electric. I have to go with the Demon Deacon. So we're going to be on opposite sides. What is the next game we're going to talk about?
0: All right, we got... Arkansas and Texas A&M, which is really one of the most exciting matchups or in, in the previous years. I know we really enjoyed this one last year. Last year, uh, Arkansas won this game for the first time since 2011. Plenty of storylines to get into here. I'm on Arkansas plus two. And you say, Let's go. Miles, you're fading Texas A&M again after last week because last week you and I both had Miami against we A&M. and m shows up and they cover. It was the ugliest game I've ever watched in my entire life. I don't know why I expected anything different. If AM and was going to cover, it was going to be absolutely ugly. Yeah. But this week is a completely different story. We're playing on a neutral field. And this Arkansas team, I feel like a lot of people are, are trying to come out and say that Arkansas is not talented and, and they're not good. Last week was a look ahead. And yes. By the way, in that game against Missouri State, they go down 17-0, come back and win the game. Shows a lot of resiliency. But KJ Jefferson through three games is every bit as good as we knew he was going to be six passing touchdowns three rushing touchdowns 939 total yards yes. this man is going to be able to move the ball against a very tough am defense by the way I mean that's that's one aspect of the game that a m has looked good at so yeah. I think they will be able to slow down this Arkansas attack but max Johnson comes in a quarterback for am last week and there was no difference look in this terrible for a m. Zero difference. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go back to Haynes King this week. AM has no answer on offense. So yeah. I'm not going to bet on an AM team right now where I have to hope that their defense plays a good game. I would rather go on the other side and bet the better quarterback in this matchup, especially when I'm catching two points. So I am all over the Razorbacks here to cover the two, but also to beat a very overrated AM team.
1: Yeah, listen, you said everything I needed to say. And I want to add one more name in there Rocket Sanders. So when I was fumbling around while you were talking, I really need to see what Rocket Sanders rushing line was set at. Rocket Sanders rushing line is set at 84 and a half yards. Why is that? Because three teams that Texas AM has played, those three teams have been able to run on Texas AM. Parrish got to about 86. Running back from uh, App State got to about 115, and Sam Houston even had their star running back run for 60. Rocket Sanders is the catalyst to this offense. It's going to be tough for Texas A&M to stop him while worrying about a mobile quarterback. Also, the offense for Texas A&M, you talked about it. It is horrendous. 60 two 62nd fei that is efficiency rating and most of that has to do with not being able to complete drives not being able to sustain drives and most important about this game so you said miles am i really gonna go back and fade texas a and again after we saw what miami miami against texas A&M proved they could move the ball they just weren't converting any of their scoring opportunities it was a
0: 27 first downs yeah hand with no touchdowns
1: yeah and i think arkansas is going to play better defense arkansas with their running game is going to be able to find the end zone it will take a lot for texas a&m to win this and most importantly this is a neutral site game y'all this is played at uh with the Cowboys stadium cowboy stadium uh, So I am going to be on Arkansas. I went and checked again. The line in some places is as low as one. So if you guys are listening to this, get this line now because both both Miles and myself are on it, and I feel pretty strongly about this one.
0: And last thing for this game too, Arkansas in the last five matchups here, they're one and four straight up, but they're four and one against the spread. So keep that in mind that Texas A&M continues to be overrated in this matchup. Arkansas four and one against the spread in the last five years.
1: Good number right
0: there. All right, let's go ahead and get into the NFL. You know what we're doing. We're coming at you with our three favorite bets, starting with our favorite bet against the spread. I'll go ahead and start. What an easy cash we had last week. Boys and girls with Bills minus nine and a half. Never sweat it.
1: <laughs> Never sweat.
0: Unreal. Um, this week, I am looking at the Baltimore Ravens at the New England Patriots. Ravens minus three. And that Ravens team that you saw in the second half of the Dolphins game last week, I don't think is the accurate representation of what this Ravens team is. I think it's more so what we saw in the first half. Now, it was a product of their secondary being banged up, and the Dolphins went into the locker room, and then they knew how to exploit it. Yes. But I'm telling you, you never see a half like attack Tekka-Viola at no. in that second half. It was unreal. I mean, it was the Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddell coming out party. Uh, and, and it was fun to watch. But keep in mind, the game was still 42-38. I think this Ravens team is very good. I still have a futures bet on Lamar Jackson to win MVP. He was great in that game last week, 318 through the air, 119 on the ground, four total touchdowns. The offense is still moving at a really good pace, and I think Ravens win the game, so the three points doesn't bother me. Uh, this, is, this is more of a I'll take the money line slash minus three. Patriots, last week they get a tough win against Pittsburgh. 17-14, uh, but I mean, this is a whole new ball game here uh, in this matchup. I got Ravens by 10.
1: Miles, 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 I love that you picked that game. That was my uh, my survivor against the spread pick was the Ravens. And one thing, I'm just going to touch on your game real quick because I want to sure. add some more color to that game. One thing a lot of people are going to use the Dolphins as an example of why to fade the Ravens. This New England team offense is nothing like, like the Dolphins. They don't have the the talent, the weapons. And defensively, I would consider them kind of below the Dolphins. You saw what Lamar Jackson was able to do. Um, the Patriots have one of the worst coverage grades. Um, their offense, pro, offensive production, offensive efficiency is god-awful. The only way I would be comfortable backing uh, the Patriots is if you're just fading the public. But I think this is a great line. I took this line early, and I'm going to put – a ton of money on it as it progresses if it moves. We'll see what the the final book does. For my spread. Man, this game ha. Huh, I went back and forth on this and ultimately decided to bet it. Raiders at Titans, Raiders minus 2. And the reason I went back and forth on this, the Raiders and the Titans both starting out 0 and 2. Both starting out 0 and 2 against the spread are the Titans as bad as they looked? So then I went to dig a little bit deeper and see why have the Titans been so bad? Poor tackling, poor pass rush, poor coverage grades. I'm not sure if, you know, the rush defense, I mean, excuse me, poor run defense. I'm not sure if the run defense translates that much with Josh Jacobs, but I think it makes Josh Jacobs and the Raiders life a little bit easy. And so then I went to look at DVOA. The Titans are ranked 29th, in offensive DVOA, 29th in defensive DVOA. Well, is that still enough for me to get on the Raiders, especially with the Raiders having some banged up players? Then I look at who did not practice. Bud Dupree didn't practice. Taylor Lewan didn't practice. Um, Ola didn't practice. Amini didn't practice. Cunningham, Fulton, Hilliard. I'm just going down the list. Kyle Phillips, all of these guys who are so banged up. The Titans are not only... Playing terrible, they're thin. This Raiders team suffered an ugly loss. And a lot of that has to do with coaching. But I'm more than okay with fading a team on short rest. So I have a stat for you, Miles. Teams on short rest this season are 1-3 in three against the spread. So give me the Raiders minus 2.
0: I love the Raiders in this spot. I don't know what happened... With the Tennessee Tides, Mike Vrabel was coach of the year last year. I mean, <laughs> what kind of offseason? It's a completely different team. I don't know why uh, Malik Willis hasn't been named the starting quarterback yet. I don't know why they're sticking with Tannehill. They they seem to be in some kind of panic mode here. Yeah. Just just trying to find ways to get a win. But I, I don't think this is the recipe. And the Raiders played pretty well last week. They, they blew did. that game against the Cardinals. but The Raiders played
1: well in both games.
0: Yeah. So I, I, I'm i loving this spot here. I think it's absolutely conceivable the Titans fall to 0-3. They've looked completely yes. lost. Um, even with playing the Bills last week, just completely unprepared, Brad. I mean, it's still the NFL. You shouldn't be losing games, whatever it was, 31-7 or whatever the hell It's wild
1: from. that the Titans scored on their scripted drive, and then once the game started going, they looked like a, a totally different team.
0: Never a doubt. All right, uh, who you got for your player prop?
1: So I really, really wanted to target um, every Bengals wide receiver this week, um, especially how bad the Jets are in in, uh, pass protection, I mean, pass coverage. But I actually went back to the same game that I was talking about, and that's Darren Waller over 46 and a half receiving yards. He's hit this twice this season. And like I said, three really important factors of why I like Darren Waller. Number one, they're very thin. Outside linebacker, very thin inside linebacker. Number two, they're very bad at tackling. And number three, Hunter Renfro is still dealing with cushion concussion symptoms, which means they're going to lean heavily on Darren Waller to pick up those three to five yard first downs. Darren Waller should be beastly. His number his his line should be closer to 60 in my opinion. So I'm backing him at 46 and a half.
0: Love it. I will jump on that one with you. Uh, Easy cash last week. Najee Harris to <laughs> two and a half catches. Uh, so Jalen hurts is, is, is the only guy that I'm looking at this week. Okay. I don't care if it's completions. I don't care if it's passing yards. I don't care if it's carries, I, but here's where I am going. I'm going Jalen hurts over 53 and a half rushing yards. Nice. My main Jalen hurts right now. And, and I was one of the doubters. I didn't know how his game was going to translate to the NFL, but he is an absolute beast. And when you see him, I was watching, uh, just watching him come onto the field on Monday night. My boy's yoked, man. Yeah. Like I just—he does not have an offseason. That 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 man has been training. He's been getting better. Yeah, you know that uh, he, he's showing his improvement, Brad. That, yeah, that's what's been so impressive for me. And coming in against the Washington Commanders, I think that he's going to continue to be hot. Uh, it's it's going to get to a point where uh, teams will start to figure out how to slow him down a little bit. But he's really uh, not peaking uh, isn't the right word, but but he's really spiking right now. Yeah. uh, He's he's a on
1: the
0: field, Um, 90 rushing yards in week one, he had 57 rushing yards when he didn't really even need. He didn't even try to run right last week against the Vikings. So imagine a game where they either go down or, you know, they're actually looking to score points. I mean, they just controlled that game against the Vikings. There was no reason for him to use his legs, but he absolutely can. So, uh, I'm writing his props until the wheels fall off. Give me Jalen hurts.
1: I love that. I love that a lot. Um, Man, I did my NBC my NBC uh, Philly spot was on the Eagles, and I talked about how if you don't have some action on Jalen Hurts' MVP, put a little bit on there. I don't think he's going to win it because Sirianni's more likely to win Coach of the Year than Jalen Hurts to win MVP, but it's totally worth a sprinkle. And how about this college football season so far? I'm so glad that we get to spend another week talking about college football, NFL, player props, Guys, thank you so much for listening to What's the Spread?